Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 241 of the Sports Yak Podcast. It's the Rick Monday episode. Monday, Monday. Do you remember Rick Monday when he played for the Cubs? I don't. Most people remember what Rick Monday did at Dodger Stadium in, I believe, 1976. He was playing center field for the Cubs. I think this game was in late April. And a couple of ne'er-do-wells ran onto the field. And they spread out an American flag and poured gasoline on it. And they were just getting ready to light it when Rick Monday came swooping in from center field and picked up the flag and rescued it to a standing ovation from the Dodger Stadium crowd. And that's what most people remember Rick Monday for in baseball. I remember him having some really good years with the Cubs and then going on to the Dodgers and having some good years and helping them to a World Series in 81. And he hit 241 career homers in his major league career, has become an outstanding broadcaster with the Dodgers. So Rick Monday, we dedicate this podcast episode to you. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! All right, let's get into it. A lot of COVID in the headlines for this episode. Well, let's talk about this Notre Dame football situation that really erupted on Monday. I was in South Carolina visiting my son over the weekend. More about that in a little bit. And got on the plane, and my phone died while I was on the plane because we had no way to charge it. And so I plug it into my car. Eventually in my car, I hear ding, 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 ding. It was fight time. Yeah. (laughs) And here come all the texts that were roaring in because, in case you missed it, Notre Dame had a third of its roster put in isolation or quarantine. 25 players in isolation and another 14 in quarantine, just in case you missed it on the last episode of the Yak. I was hoping for another explanation. Yeah. Isolation is when 
you're sick and we're keeping you away from everybody else. Quarantine is you were exposed, so you might have it, and we're keeping you away. Try to head it off at the pass. Okay. So 39 players in all out of uh, a roster of 114, a third of the roster off the boards for Brian Kelly to work with. Now, fortunately, the Irish had no game scheduled for this Saturday. And, of course, the question was, well, how did the Irish, because all we heard from Brian Kelly for the first couple of weeks of the season and all through the preseason, how proud he was of the effort that his team had put in to, to stay healthy, to keep COVID away, the work they had done, the sacrifices they had made. Well, obviously, then this erupts, and you're like, well, how did this happen? A loosening of the dog collar. And that's the problem. Every meal that the Notre Dame players got prior to the pregame meal for Duke was grab and go. It was in a bag or it was in a box. You came, you got it, you went and ate, but you didn't eat together as a team. But for some reason, they thought we cannot get away from having the pregame meal all together. We must have the pregame meal together. Well, that was a bad idea. And then, in the South Florida game, there was an unnamed player who was apparently throwing up on the sidelines. The doctors believed that the throwing up was because of dehydration and treated said player as such. Well, apparently it was because of the covid And that player was around other players. And so you run into this situation. So the question for the Irish will be, can they regroup? Can they get back to the kind of timing that they had on offense, the kind of conditioning that they had, the rhythm that they had going through the season? Can they put that together in time to play Florida State on the evening of October 10th? Now, Florida State's not very good this year. So they probably don't have to be at full throttle to beat the Seminoles, but everybody's just curious. Practice is going to resume today for the Irish. What will this team look like on October 10th? And Brian Kelly says they've learned their lessons and now they're going to do things differently and they're going to have their pregame meal in these giant conference rooms so that everybody can be six feet apart and eat the meal, and yet he'll wear a microphone so that he can address the team. Uh, Follow-up question. You said that he told ESPN this in your morning report. Is this one of those Zoom calls where you're allowed to give questions and then he chooses, or was this something different? This was something different. Okay. Did you have a Monday? Oh, you were traveling. There wasn't a Monday anyway. Because there's no game. Because there's no game. Okay. Um. Yes, he he deemed ESPN worthy to chat with. Um, however, the local media will all be addressed on a Zoom call tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Ten Third, da- Thursday. Ten days since the last time we had contact with the Notre Dame head coach. All right. Tomorrow. Let's get into high school uh, football. I keep seeing on your your Twitter this game's canceled, this game's postponed, this 
team needs another team bad. Yesterday was not a fun day. Uh, yesterday, find out early in the day that Plymouth had called Concord and said, we can't play this week. So immediately you know that there is a problem at Plymouth. And I thought, should I get on the phone? I thought, I got other things to do. Angelo DiCarlo from Redeemer Radio got on the phone. He called John Barron, who is who I would have called too. And John Barron basically tells Angelo, I have COVID and it's kicking my butt. Uh, so Angelo puts it out there. I retweet Angelo. I later texted John just to see, you know, if what I could do to help, if anything, because he is a friend as well as a, a coach. And I've gotten to know his family a little bit. And he, you know, he says, just just pray a rosary because he goes, I'm hurting for certain right now. Hmm. And he goes, I'll, you know, I'll fight it and I'll be back. But this isn't any fun right now. So Plymouth is on the sidelines for two weeks. By the way, for all those who commented on the Facebook page that we should respect HIPAA laws, when the source tells you himself that he has the virus, you don't have to respect the HIPAA laws, okay? If I have a disease and I tell you I have a disease and I don't say, and please don't put that on Facebook, especially if I know you're a reporter, mm-hmm. uh, you people out there, some of you people, I ought to. Anyway, um, so Plymouth is sidelined for the next two weeks. So they were supposed to play Concord this weekend. So Concord goes looking for a new opponent, and they find Eastside needs an opponent this week. Eastside is over in Butler, Indiana. It's on the east side of the state. They're a little 2A school, but they're 6-0 and this year. So this will be a decent test for the Minutemen at Jake Field on Friday night. So they're taken care of. Penn had a varsity player test positive for COVID. And the Kingsmen had suspended football activities through yesterday. They will resume practice today, and they believe they will be ready to play St. Joe Friday night at Father Bly Field. And then Edwardsburg's opponent for this week, Plainwell, has come down with COVID. So the Eddies, for the second straight week, have to try to scramble and find somebody to play. Now, Marion has the week off because their original opponent was from Ohio. I just don't know that Marion, I I think by the time you hit Wednesday, Marion might be in the mindset right now of, we'll just take the bye week and get ready for Elkhart a week from Friday. As this will be our only yak this week, uh, let me kind of do a little bit of a Friday preview today. Okay. And the game we'll have on Friday night has Mishawaka at Northwood. First time these two very traditional power teams have played each other. Mishawaka loves to run the option. They've got a quarterback named Justin Fisher who has rushed for 12 touchdowns this year, thrown for three others. He's an extremely talented junior. They run behind a huge offensive line. They score 36 points a game. The problem for Mishawaka is they haven't stopped a whole lot of people. Now, they managed to get a couple of stops last week and beat Concord 36-19. They're 2-3 and three on the year, but 2-1 and one in the Northern Lakes Conference. They go and play Northwood. Northwood has one of the state's top defenses. Northwood's only given up seven points a game. 
Their problem has been scoring. They lost to Northridge last week 7-0. They've had quarterback problems in that Nate Newcomer uh, missed some time with a concussion. I think he's back this week. They have some components to be explosive on offense, but they haven't put those components together yet, and they're 2-2 two and two on the year, having lost to good teams in 4A in East Noble and Northridge, and then having beaten Concord and Wawasee. So they are also 2-1 and one in the conference, which means both these teams need a win to stay alive in the conference race. Should be a fun one. We cannot live stream this week because Northwood does its own pay-per-view. Oh. And did not want to. They understand by having to show it on tape delay, they're going to take a hit on the pay-per-view, but they didn't want to take a complete loss. So we're allowing the Northwood pay-per-view stream to show it live. And then we will show it on TV 46 Friday night, 11, Saturday morning at 9. Have you had a chance to ask Coach Kinder, you know, what the vibe is so far being in this new conference? I did. Uh, I think he's, I think Mishawaka is a good fit in the Northern Lakes Conference. They will compete for NLC titles quite a bit, just being the size school they are. Warsaw, Concord. Warsaw is a 6A, Concord's a 5A, Mishawak is a 5A. That They kind of fit in well there. In the NIC, they would have always been in the NIC North where they would always have to deal with Elkhart and Penn, two schools that are basically twice the size of Mishawaka. And that's, that's a tough hurdle to overcome in most years, and this year included. Uh, also looking ahead on the Friday night schedule, New Prairie at Riley. New Prairie seems to have put it together offensively. They've got the state's eighth-leading rusher in Noah Mungia, who's just a few yards shy of 1,000 for the year. So they're 4-2 and two now. Riley has won three straight. It's coming together. The Cats, though, have won three straight against, let's say, lesser opposition so far. Clay, Gary West, and Washington. It's a big step up playing New Prairie. We'll see how that game goes at Jackson Field. Adams is 3 and 3. They start off with three straight wins. They've had three straight losses. Now they have to go play this juggernaut of Elkhart over at Rice Field. That's going to be a really tough challenge for Antoine Jones's team to take on. A lot of people though looking ahead to that Elkhart Marion game in a week where it should be a battle of the unbeatens. The Elkhart players can't afford to look ahead. They need to take care of business against Adams on Friday night. They probably will. To be honest, it is not the best slate of games this week. There's not a lot of uh, big games where you've got teams with good records going head-to-head against each other. So if we're going to kind of miss out on a Friday preview, this is probably the week to have that happen. Okay. Uh, Quick programming note before we uh, segue into the NFL, because I won't get to probably say this much more often. The Chicago Bears are 3-0. Back to you, Chuck. Fascinating to watch the game with one Pedro C. Munoz freebie on Sunday down at his abode in South Carolina. Um, my son, uh, wearing the orange and blue of the Bears, he's got his Bears shirt on to wear the game. Uh, we watched Mass online and then flipped over just in time for kickoff. And just watching the consternation on his face and the gyrations, and following you on Twitter, you were in a similar 
Why can't the Bears ever be good? It's so tough being a Bears fan. And they're down 26 to 10. Is that how my tweets sound in your head? That one did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they're down 26 to 10. And I basically sat there and said, you know, the Falcons blew a big lead last week. Yeah. To the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and by the way, in that Bears game, of course, Mitch Trubisky, your boy, Mitch Trubisky, Triscuits, Nabisco, Trubisky, uh, stunk and threw an interception that fortunately made a tackle on, kept it from being a pick six early in the third quarter. And so in trots Nick Foles. Who, if you go back into the archives, I have said out loud, I like this guy. Well, you like him, A, because he's a believer. Yeah. And B, because he's won a Super Bowl. He was an Eagle, and that was my second yeah. favorite team growing up. And other than that, you had no real reason to like him. No. Uh, but Nick Foles, likable character, proven NFL winner. Can so throw a ball. He comes trotting in off the bench, appears to have thrown not one but two touchdown passes. Yeah. And both of them are reversed. So with six minutes left in the game, the Bears are still down by 16 points. Foles throws a touchdown pass. They go for two. It fails. They're down 10. For some reason, Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons feel like, well, here's a good time to try to throw the ball. And the reasoning being, I guess, we have to stay aggressive. We can't be conservative and just run the ball. But here's the problem, Dan. When you throw the ball and it's incomplete, they stop the clock. You see, Dan, the clock is your friend here. You want your friend to shrink down to zero. That's how you win the game. But Dan didn't understand that, fortunately, for Bears fans. And so Nick throws another touchdown pass. And they kick the extra point. And now it's a three-point game. So now all the Bears have to do to get is get the ball back and march down the field and get in field goal range and they can at least tie it. And Dan again says, let's throw the ball. And they didn't do it very well. And another three and out. And the Bears get the ball back with two minutes left. And they're going down the field and you're thinking, do I really trust this kicker? to kick the field goal because he had missed from 46 earlier. And they didn't have to worry about that because Nick Foles throws yet another touchdown pass. Three in the last six minutes of the game. In fact, he threw three touchdown passes in a period of four and a half minutes. No no quarterback had done that to rally his team from a 16-point or more deficit since... Joe Montana. So now you could put Nick Foles in the same sentence with Joe Montana. And then the Falcons throw an interception at the end, and the Bears are now 3-0. Somehow, some way, they're 3-0. The Colts had a much easier time, but the Colts were playing the Jets. And so now the Bears play the Colts this Sunday at Soldier Field in Chicago, which, of course, is a game of great regional interest here because those are the two fan bases that we primarily have. Yes, we have some Lions fans, and they're doing their victory celebration because they found a way to beat the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona and stop their 11-game winning streak. Congratulations, Lions. 
But as we focus on the Colts-Bears game, Corey, your thoughts, your confidence level in the 3-0 Chicago Bears as they take on a quality team in the Colts. From 1 to 10, where is your confidence level? 7. So you feel good about the Bears playing at home in this game. Are you calling a Bears victory? I'm excited because I was waiting for the Monday tweet of Nagy announcing Nick Foles will get the start. Which he has done. That's my confidence right there. Okay. I I feel like the Bears became a different team when he got put in. Now, I felt like, now granted he didn't have much to throw at. There was a lot of drop balls, but I feel like he is who the rest of the team was kind of hoping would come in and lead the way. Now, they don't have Tariq Cohen. He's out with an ACL injury. That could be a problem. And the Colts have a pretty good defense. Colts did lose to Jacksonville, though. And that was at Jacksonville. So they've lost their only road game. I will join you, but my confidence factor on the Bears is more like a six. Yeah. Uh, You know, just, uh, just a slight favorite. I also think... It's going to be a cold Chicago afternoon in which the Bears are more used to that than the indoor Colts. We'll see. I think that plays a role. We'll see if that does. Yeah. We'll see if that does. So, oh, also in the NFL, Tennessee Titans have three positive tests for COVID. They have shut down their facility until Saturday. They are supposed to play the Steelers on Sunday. As of 9.22 on this Wednesday morning, a lot of people believe that game will still be played. Although I could picture the NFL perhaps moving it to a Monday night to give the Titans one more day to recover and get ready. Mm -hmm. Um, So look for that game to still be played. A lot of people have asked, you know, because we've seen it in college football already with games being canceled What's the NFL's contingency plan since they're not playing in a bubble? I don't think the NFL truly has a contingency plan. Or if they do, they're certainly not making it public. So right now, the NFL is saying, play on. But don't be surprised if that game gets moved to a Monday. Speaking of bubble, uh, a question from the fan base. Yes. He's 13. He loves basketball. Right. When this season is over, finals coming up, Mm -hmm. when does the next season start and where do they play? Adam Silver has not come up with the answer to that question yet, definitely. I would not be surprised if the NBA did not start its season before December 1st and maybe even later, but I think the goal is to play in home arenas. Empty? Good question. Or a percentage. It kind of depends on where we are in the fight against COVID. Basically, what I'm seeing right now is it looks like you're getting a little bit of an October spike here in late September. Uh, you You might see things go up a little bit here, but I can't say for sure. I wish I could answer the young man's question definitively. I cannot. Welcome to 2020. Let's segue into baseball, Chuck Freeby. The White Sox were outstanding yesterday. Lucas Giolito had a perfect game going into the seventh, gave up a single to Tommy LaStella, 
And then the White Sox were able to hold off the A's by a count of 4-1. to one. The Sox getting homers from Adam Engel, Jose Abreu, who many people believe should be the MVP of the American League. Abreu led the league, led all of Major League Baseball in RBI with 60. And then Yasmani Grandal added a home run as well to give them a little cushion. A's managed to chip in a run off Giolito before he left in the eighth. But the Sox bullpen did the job after that. And so the White Sox win game one of that best of three by a count of 4-1. to one, And they'll play the A's again in the Bay Area this afternoon. Your other American League winners were Tampa Bay, Houston, and the Yankees. Now the National League series begin today. So there are eight playoff baseball games on TV today. If you are a baseball fan, you are in Nirvana today. <laughs> uh, so the Cubs play the Marlins. They're scheduled to play at Wrigley Field this afternoon, although there's some rain in the forecast. Kyle Hendricks takes the mound for the Cubs. I would imagine the wind will probably be blowing in since there's some rain in the forecast, and it's going to be a pitcher's day. Of course, everybody will flash back to the last time the Cubs played the Marlins in a series at Wrigley Field. That was 2003, the famous Bartman game in Game 6. Cubs blow a lead in Game 7, and the Marlins go on to the World Series where they win the World Series. This isn't that same team. <laughs> and has, that has nothing to do with anything going on here in 2020. <laughs> but I'm just warning you as you watch the game today, on ABC, by the way. Oh. On ABC. Interesting. Um, as you watch that game today, <laughs> be prepared for the references. They're they're. Cleansing their palate from last night's debate. Yes. Let's put on baseball. That should do it. Well, <laughs> I think more people would rather watch baseball at this point. Ooh. But uh, a best of three series. So, Corey Mann, again, let's get out that confidence scale. Zero is I have no confidence whatsoever. Ten is I have extreme confidence. The Cubs versus Marlins in a best of three series. Where is your confidence level? You know, that season ended with their line kind of going down and to the right. And it's just, uh, and you know, your words, they are not playing well. Uh, hopefully they've gotten a wake-up call these last couple of days and they realize this, this is it. Kyle Hendricks, I always like that guy. His resting face. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Well, his resting face isn't much different than his emotional face. Right. I would hope the Cubs get past the Marlins. So zero I feel to like ten. I feel I'm going to go with a eight. Really, you have more confidence in the Cubs over the Marlins than you do the Bears over the Colts. Right now, I do. Yes, I'm sticking with a six. A six, slight favorite. Now, I do like the fact that you have Hendricks and Darvish throwing at home in um, cool pitching conditions. Mm -hmm. I just hope that the Cubs can generate runs against whoever the Marlins throw out there. Because, let's face it, we've seen many, many times here down the stretch, especially where the Cubs have gone up there batting with swizzle sticks. And that's not good. <laughs> who would you pick, if you had to pick this morning, who would you pick to go to the World Series this year? What two teams? Ooh, wow. Dodgers? That's an easy pick in the NL. I, th I think they're the odds-on favorite. Mm -hmm. who's, your, who's your American League pick? Undecided. 
I'm telling you, I, 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 they're so young. I don't know if they can strap it together for three weeks in a row. But this White Sox team is pretty good. Yeah, you have been touting them quite a bit these last few episodes. Like something to watch there. There, I mean, there's that, that would that would make me interested in the World Series. Oh yeah, Dodgers White Sox. That would yeah. be that'd be something. So, okay, I don't know. I I don't know that I want to make them my pick, but they're they're pretty good. All right, now I'll fire one back at you. Heat or Lakers? Oh, you got to go with LeBron, especially you know it's the year that Kobe died. The Lakers, I think, have a mission. Jimmy Butler has not been to this stage before. Granted, the stage is not as big as it would normally be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a lot easier to deal with all your media obligations when it's Zoom calls and things like that than it is uh, when it's a normal situation. But that said, I just... I think LeBron's mission was to restore the Lakers to greatness. He's fueled even more by the death of his friend Kobe. I, I just think that this is a Lakers series, but I don't think it comes easily. I think this series goes at least six games. Six games? Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, I would hope that it was something uh, entertaining because I have – obligated myself to watch with my son who has gone out of his way many times to say will you watch the finals with me it's I a said, nine o'clock start you know that right? oh it's a nine o'clock start yeah oh well, not tonight yeah i will you watch the maybe, highlights with you you can maybe watch the games on the weekend but well yeah. actually for him it'll be tough too because he's got in-person school tomorrow and friday yeah so he's got to get up at the crack of dawn oh boy well, we'll watch what we can. Yeah, you'll have to think that. Or record it and watch it tomorrow. Dude, I don't know if we do that anymore at our house. You don't have a DVR or anything No, like not that? at all. I don't okay. know if we do that anymore. Yeah. It's been a while. No, that's cool. Yeah. But I <laughs> I so much enjoy highlights the next morning, especially when it's on late. It's like, I'll just watch. The, yeah. Just give me the edited version and, you know. Well, I made that choice last night with the non-sporting event, oh. and I was told that I made a sage decision. Yeah. I could. I guess. <laughs> well, hit this French Open, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. Novak Djokovic wins his opening round match at the French Open. To be honest, I had forgotten the French Open was going on this week until I saw some highlights up in the office yesterday, and I, I turned and I said to Bob Nagel, oh, the French Open is going on. <laughs> because normally this is an event that is held in May, right around Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. or the finals. And, of course, that got postponed because, well, it's 2020. And so, yeah, the French Open comes around, and Novak Djokovic is the top seed. We'll see if he can avoid a meltdown like he had that cost him the title of the U.S. Open. And on the women's side right now, um, honestly, unless Serena is playing, yeah. I, I find it hard to have. Which I think she's not. Injury? Yes, she's yeah. injured. So I find it hard to have. And, and it's not a misogynistic thing. It's just there aren't a lot of players right now on the women's side that really generate a lot of enthusiasm or excitement for mm-hmm. them. Okay. 
You had brought up South Carolina earlier in the episode. Are or did you exhaust those thoughts, or did you want to share one more thing? Oh, it's just the world is so different down there, and you know, my son lives in a subdivision that I would say is eighty percent Clemson Tiger people, and these people are out of their. I, we got behind a car. We were driving in from their little suburb of Simpsonville into Greenville the other day. And we got behind a car that had two Clemson flags flying and every Clemson sticker on it you would want to have. And you go into the stores there. And there's some University of South Carolina stuff. There's some. But there's everything you could ever want from Clemson. There's Dabo Swinney socks, there's hats, there's shirts, there's pants, and everything is purple and orange, and they are in love with Clemson Tigers. And you don't dare schedule anything for a Saturday in the fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, so folks, I just want to assure you that maybe the best thing for Notre Dame is the fact that they are not allowing a bunch of fans in the stadium in early November when they play Clemson. Because I'm willing to bet that much like when Nebraska played here in the early 2000s and half that stadium was a sea of red and white, I'm willing to bet there would be about a third of the stadium, if not more, in orange and purple because those people do not care about anything else. It's Dabo on Saturday and God on Sunday and everything else kind of takes a back seat. I I feel the exact same way my first trip to Knoxville. Mm-hmm. It is orange. The SEC is, a, you know, people think, oh, I'm a Notre Dame football fan. And, and you probably are. But that's not like being a fan in the SEC. Yeah. In the SEC, it is, and I and I don't say this loosely, it is the closest thing to religion that you will see in this country. I was going to say the exact same thing. It is a, this is this is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just funny to go down to a different part of the country and, and see what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've missed that with not being able to travel much these days. But that certainly stands out down there this time of year. Typically, when I was taking my trips, you take trips in the spring with a baseball team. Well, but, you know, it's not the same. You go down there in baseball season, they've got a beautiful baseball facility, and they've got their fan base. But that's not like watching uh, a town during football season. Yeah. It's always strange if you do get a chance to travel, and you're so used to, especially if you live in our area, you've got your Notre Dame section of a store, your Cubs and your, uh, sometimes your IU. You'll see some Michigan stuff. Uh, uh, very rarely, though. But then yeah. you go to Michigan, yeah, and it's all, either, it's all either University of Michigan or it's Michigan State. Right. Or you go to where you went. Or uh, I was on the West Coast a year and a half ago, and I went into a Target, and it was just so out of character for me to see Sacramento gear. Yeah. And I was like, why would I ever wear that? Yeah. Well, I don't, well, the people you know, out in Sacramento don't. But they, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 there's that. All right. Hey, great to see that you're out of Twitter jail. Well, yes. Many people have asked. I, I 
I'm glad that we have nursed America through this crisis. And I don't mean COVID. I mean me being in Twitter jail for two days. Yes. It was almost 48 hours to the dot. Will it be on an upcoming episode of 48 hours? It should be. They should look into that mystery as to why why that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It was funny. I, I had received a direct message from somebody. Is there a problem with your Twitter? And at first when I went to try to respond to them, I could not. And then I was able to type in a response. And I thought, well, this is interesting. So then I went on to Twitter and started typing. And I just kind of, I I figured, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. And like test one, two, three, is, is, is this thing on? And mm-hmm. threw up a little meme and I hit send. And whew, it went through. And it's like, oh, well, thanks for letting me know, Twitter. But since you didn't let me know the first time, I guess you're just staying consistent in not letting me know I'm back. Follow-up question. Are you tweeting differently because no. of your timeout? No. Are you? Do you feel like you need to be more careful? I would tweet differently if they told me I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But nobody, nobody from that company has said anything to me about why it happened. Strange. Or why I'm back. So strange. So strange. So, and indeed, when I went to Mishawaka practice yesterday, the players were like, what happened? Because they look, there are some standard things that I do besides the birthdays and the anniversaries. Every Thursday night at 7, 24 hours until those Friday night lights come on. Mm-hmm. Every Friday morning, game day! And... They look forward to that. I just tried to... Corey, I am a man of the people, by the people, for the people. Yeah. And so I just... I give and I give and I give a little bit more. And then I stop because, well, there's got to be something left. When uh, you tweet out that game day tweet, I like to read that in my mind as droopy. I think that's funny. Mm-hmm. That would explain your morning corny problem at 8.50 on the radio show we do. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe (laughs) button so you never miss an episode, much like episode 241. I am on Twitter, by the way. Thank you for asking at 46 Sports. You're on Twitter, too, aren't you? I am. Not as many followers of you, and here's hoping now you get the check. Maybe that was their vetting process. Uh, They should give me the They shut it down to look through the old tweets. They give it out to some of these other clowns in the area. Yeah. Come on, man. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Rick Monday. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.